Maybe you should do the whole thing in Portuguese. In Portuguese? Sure, I don't know what I don't. Well, that was in Spanish, so you clearly don't know the difference. No, I don't know anything. You don't know. You don't know. I Spain. don't know anything at all. You don't know Spain from Brazil, from Portugal, from Mexico. No. Well, that's why it's not a geography podcast. Exactly. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student IU Football Podcast. Cameron Drummond here, along with one of our new football reporters, Murphy Wheeler, getting you all set for the 2018 IU football season. It's been a minute since we've been here in the studio here in beautiful Franklin Hall, but myself, Murphy, along with Sean Minter, our other football reporter, are just absolutely buzzing to get starting covering this IU football season. My second year on the beat, the first for both Sean and Murphy, but we are just all excited to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making the Indiana Daily Student your home for IU football coverage. Uh, Murphy, you want to you know tell the good people about yourself a bit? Right, yeah. I'm uh, I'm a senior. I'm studying sports communication. I've been kind of focusing on sports journalism the past two or three years. Now I'm going to be the sports editor, one of the sports editors in the fall at the IDS, um, and I've covered women's basketball in the past and uh, cross country. So football is probably the biggest beat I've had so far, but um, you know I'm looking forward to it, and I think we've got a pretty good group on the beat this year. Yeah, hopefully some of y'all out there remember me. If you don't, that's probably pretty understandable as well. I'm not too much of a remarkable figure, but <laughs> Second year on the IU football beat for myself was one of the reporters last year, along with Jake Tomer. Now I'll be taking over for the Huss Network, taking over Andrew Hussey's position as IU football columnist. Like I mentioned, Murphy and Sean, both the reporters for this upcoming season. Going into my third year here at IU, junior uh, journalism, Spanish, maybe some Portuguese thrown in. I probably will refrain from that on this podcast. Wow. Maybe you should. Do the whole thing in Portuguese. In Portuguese? Sure, I don't know what I don't. Well, that was in Spanish, so you clearly don't know the difference. No, I don't know anything. You don't know, you don't know. I Spain. don't know anything at all. You don't know Spain from Brazil, from Portugal, from Mexico. No. Well, that's why it's not a geography podcast. Exactly. Here. This is why we're talking about. That'd fl- be fun. What, a geography, geography podcast? podcast. Just kidding. That'd be the worst thing <laughs> we've ever listened to. You want to bring out like the nothing's more interesting than geography when you're talking about it, but it's audio without a yeah without yeah. a visual. It's like you have to bring your own globe. You have to bring your own atlas. Remember atlases? Those things used to be like high end in like elementary school. My school had like one atlas, and we all had to share it during class. That's that's sad. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But like just the term atlas, I haven't had heard that used in like forever. I think it's, I don't think it's a thing anymore, to be honest. But like when I was in third grade, that was. I don't know if I've ever used an atlas before. You haven't opened up a book called like a world atlas and just started pointing at like the mammals and like mammals. Yeah, like because it talks about like the different animals and. It's like a, it's a little breakdown of every country. Am I thinking of the right thing here? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. This has gone off the rails, and we've done this for maybe we've been, two minutes. For maybe two minutes, we're talking about geography, which Goodness. is unbelievable. Well, speaking of geography, IU will be going all over the country this season wow. to cover its 2018 football schedule. That was a nice pivot. Mm. That was a good pivot. I give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, it's going to be a hard crowd to impress with Sheriff Murphy and Sean, but... <laughs> 2018 IU football schedule, obviously you probably all know it by heart by now if you're listening to this podcast, starts September 1st at Florida International, got a couple more non-conference games at Memorial Stadium, then obviously Big Ten play starts culminating with this year's Old Oak and Bucket game in Bloomington. Murphy, before we kind of go into our off-season overview, go into our preseason predictions, is there anything about the schedule or anything about this year's IU football season that has you particularly excited to cover them on the beat? Yeah, I mean, it's they've got some tough stretches, especially during the conference season. Um, you know, you look at that that stretch from about 
the 6th to the 20th of October. I think it's that. I think that's when it is. They have Ohio State, Iowa, and Penn State back to back to back. That's going to be really tough. Now Iowa and Penn State are at home, mm-hmm. um, but those you you want to probably pull one of those wins out. One, um, of, the, one of those three, you mean? Yeah, because I think it's that's obviously an upset, but it's going to be huge. That would be huge for them because you don't want to go on a three game, maybe even four game losing streak because they go to Minnesota on the road after that. Right. Um, so if they go on a four-game losing streak there, that's, that would really hurt them, really hurt their bowl chances. And I just look at their conference schedule, and I realize they're going to have to go undefeated in the non-conference schedule to even have a chance at making yeah. a bowl. They have to beat Florida International. They have to beat Virginia at home. You know, they, ha- they have to do that, and it's not a given whatsoever. I mean, right. Virginia's not a bad football team. They really aren't. I would probably put them about the same skill level as IU. Now, it helps that that game is at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the away game, first game of the year at Florida International, that's, you know, no lock for IU at right. all. I mean, Florida International, obviously IU would be the favorite in that game, but Florida International is not a bad mid-major team. And when you're on the road, you travel to Miami. That's kind of tough. So I think – and you haven't played at all. I mean, that's your first game of the year. So right. there's a lot of what-ifs in that situation. So nothing's a given, but if they go undefeated non-conference schedule and maybe pull out an upset win somewhere along the lines during the conference schedule, I think they have a really good chance at making a bowl. But that is a lot of what-ifs, and you just never kind of know with this program. Right. I mean, I'm going to – I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm going to single out the entire month of October as something that's just really fascinating to watch because – Right before October, September 29th, I use at Rutgers. That should be a win for all intents and purposes. Then you go to at Ohio State. You know, probably stick them with the loss there unless something quite miraculous happens. Then you got the doubleheader of Iowa, Penn State, back-to-back, Iowa being the homecoming game. Both those at home. Both those are going to be national TV broadcasts on uh, the ABC, ESPN family and networks. Then you have that incredibly tricky Friday night road game mm-hmm. at Minnesota. I think that's probably the biggest game. That could end up being the biggest game of the year for them. That's like, in my mind, that's almost the swing game where, like, you know, IU teams of years past would lose that game. Right. IU teams that we've never seen before because they haven't been good at winning those games in something right. like 25 years would win those games. IU teams of the 80s, early 90s. And. You know, if this team wants to kind of differentiate itself being the new IU, being the IU that isn't stuck doing the typical Indiana things, you know, losing the close games, losing the conference games, blowing leads in fourth quarter, that road game at Minnesota not only can kind of maybe change perception, change, you know, momentum, but also actually really affect their bowl hopes. Right. And if they lose that game and let's say let's say they go undefeated non conference schedule. They go through that they go through the conference schedule and they lose four in a row and they lose that game to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I would probably say they end up going into the final game of the year with five wins and they have to beat Purdue for that six win in a bowl that, game. That went great last year. And yeah, exactly. You don't necessarily want to be in that situation even though that Purdue game is at home this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't want to do that because Purdue's getting a lot better. They're kind of a sleeper team, I think, in the Big Ten this season. So I don't know. That that Minnesota game, though, that's going to be huge. I think that could be the turning point to the season, depending on what happens before, of course. Right. Um, but, yeah, that Minnesota game could be huge. Yeah, if, if IU season is at all kind of either going in the middle or, you know, dare I say borderline successful up to that Minnesota game, that'll be the real yeah. kind of switch-off point. Because, I mean, if they're like, you know, 0-8 at that point, then, like, who cares? But Right. Yeah. Quick note, just to mention, on you were talking about Virginia being probably. I mean, Virginia is going to be end up probably being IU's toughest non-conference game. Yeah. With all respect to FIU and Ball State's just abysmal, <laughs> but Virginia was the only team IU beat last year that reached a bowl game. 
Right. Yeah, and then they got like thrown. No, Florida and International made a bowl game, didn't they? But IU didn't play Florida International last year oh, because touche, that was the hurricane. Yeah. Roar. yeah. Charleston Southern didn't definitely didn't make the right. bowl game. But yeah, so Virginia Virginia got like throttled by I think the Naval Academy and the Yeah, they did. Whatever Navy's home bowl game yeah. was. But yeah, so I mean now that win looked a lot better in hindsight and Virginia knocked off Boise State at some point last season too. Yeah, they but did. That's Bronco Mendenhall's either second or third year uh, in They've lost they lost some good defensive players there though. Mike and Kaiser, yeah. Quinn Blanding. They lost some good guys there. Um but that doesn't mean anything. I think they're still gonna be a really they're gonna be a pretty tough test for IU at home. Yeah, I mean that's a that's kind of a big game too. September eighth, seven thirty p.m. That's a Saturday night kickoff. That's the first home game of the season. First chance for students to come out and enjoy the festivities. And also, that's going to be the opening of the South End Zone construction yeah. project. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a good atmosphere. I think yeah. that'll be a really nice first home game because that South End Zone complex um, is going to draw a lot of people. I think right. they're kind of closing in the stadium there, and it's. Got a kind of just a new feel to it, I right. guess. Yeah, kind of second year in the row for IU having, you know, a real trademark home opener. Because I remember my freshman year of 2016, it was some kind of random 3.30 kickoff against, gosh, I want to say Ball State. Oh, man, I don't after even an, remember. A, after a road game against FIU. Right. I mean, because this is like the home-and-home home series with, or right. what should be it with FIU. But, yeah, so that one had, like, very little hype around it. Then we all know what happened last year with Ohio State. And right. This year, another Saturday, another nighttime kickoff Saturday night with the construction complex opening. And that's maybe a good segue to just kind of start talking about some of the off-season news and notes for the IU football program. We really just kind of abandoned you guys. We weren't with you following the, the Purdue loss. So, you know, kind of going all the way back to early – or, so excuse me, late November of last year to – what are we now? Early August of 2018. Right. You know, in that almost 10-month span, obviously a lot of stuff is going to happen with the program. So let's just kind of run down through the high points. So a lot of good players are gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how many were drafted? Two? Was it Ian Thomas and Chris Covington? Ian Thomas to the Panthers in the fourth round. Chris, Chris Covington, Covington to my Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and then they had some guys that didn't get drafted that I thought ton would. Of yeah. um, T. Gray Scales was probably the most surprising out of any of those. I think that's fair to say, yeah. Um, that's a huge loss. I feel like that's the biggest loss for IU this coming yeah. season just because the linebacker position, losing both Scales and Covington, um, is leaving two huge holes at that position. Um, so, yeah, they're going to lose those guys. Rashard Fant is another guy mm-hmm. that didn't get drafted but is with the Bears now, I believe. Yep. Um, and then Simi Cobbs, wide receiver, go. another yeah. guy that I thought may get drafted. He's with the Redskins now this offseason. So uh, they've lost a lot of guys, definitely, and it does leave some holes. Right. Um, but definitely some guys that could maybe make a name for themselves in the pros one day. I know uh, Ian Thomas is looking impressive right now with the Panthers this offseason. Yeah, he's got a lot of hype coming into their – I mean, it's training camp time now. We're about to have the full preseason schedule of, right. of NFL games start rolling out. So it'll be interesting to see – how much he's playing. Uh, you've even seen Nate Sudfeld starting to get some QB1 yeah. reps in Philadelphia just because of the recovery from uh, for Carson Wentz from yep. his injury for the defending Super Bowl champ. So, you know, it may not be crazy to see uh, Suddy start a game or two this season for them. but Maybe. I don't know. Depending Nick on Foles how that season goes. Start, but he'll yeah. play a lot this preseason. Yeah, so, so that's a chance to – I mean, you, there'll be plenty of chances to watch Hoosiers in the preseason for sure. Griffin Oaks is in Tampa now, yeah. which is a huge loss to IU special teams unit. Yeah. Well, I mean, the field that's, goal kicking unit That's a sneaky big loss for yeah. that for IU. I mean, you have the, you have the guys who also aren't going to, you know, really succeed that well at the NFL level or most likely won't, but are going to be huge losses in reference to the IU football team guys like Chase Dutra, Tony Fields, yep. 
players of that nature who may not go on to have long-term NFL careers but were very serviceable college players. I'm thinking especially a guy like Dutra, who's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, not only in the secondary but also on special teams. Right, and even a guy like Fields, who kind of took over from Marcelino Ball when he went down from right. an injury last season. I remember at Football Media Day here at IU, Tom Allen kind of singled out Tony Fields, you know, yeah. they were talking about getting Ball back and him being a huge part of the defense this season. And he said, you know, Tony Fields played great, you know, filling in for him last season. So it's going to be hard to lose guys just because that hurts your depth. Losing guys like that who can step in and play big minutes for you guys, play big snaps, and, you know, you don't have that necessarily. Now they right. could fill that in with some new guys, and maybe those new guys can step in and, you know, make that depth a little bit better again. But it does leave a lot of question marks. Um, and Dutra, Fields, those kind of guys were – really good to have around just kind of as safety nets at times just because you knew they had you had them behind your starters or you know if someone goes down there they are they can step in and make big plays for you right guys who weren't flashy super athletic guys but guys who were you know gritty willing to fill in and were versatile which is probably the biggest you know key to their strength on this team was that they could just you could plug them in at any spot right especially with the i mean it's it's getting less weird or less foreign to the IU team now just because Tom Allen's formation, you know, with the Husky position is right. a bit different from most other college football teams. But they were able to just kind of fill in at whether it was, you know, a secondary spot as a defensive back or even in that Husky role and play serviceably. And that's kind of the big thing we've seen, the big theme of this IU football offseason, too, has been depth. I mean, Tom Allen, uh, you know, shouted it out enough times at IU Football Media Day. Right. The players reiterated that sentiment as well. Just the fact that this team is so much deeper than IU teams in years past, which, especially on the defensive side, they're probably going to have to be because they've lost those big-time star players in Scales and Covington. And so since there's not one or two dominant guys, at least one or two dominant guys that we think are lying in the wings, it's going to have to almost be a by-committee thing, which is you know yeah. both a good and bad thing. Yeah, I think you're going to see that a lot of different positions, you know. You're losing some guys, especially the linebacker position that we talked about. You lose Scales and Covington. Um, there's just a lot of question marks there. There's go it's going to be by committee. And you could say that maybe even about some certain spots at the wide receiver position. You could say that running back. You could say that cornerback where, you know, Fant's gone now. So I think that's just – you're going to see a lot of different guys. And that, like you said, that was one big thing a lot of people talked about at Media Day. Not even the not just the coaches even, it was the players. Just how much depth they have. How much competition there's going to be this offseason trying to earn those spots. Um, so I think that's got to be promising. But at the same time – it leaves you kind of not knowing what to expect, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. There's a lot of unknowns. I think that's the big yeah. thing. One of the key positions where we have an unknown is the starting quarterback spot. Right. And now I'm going to kind of – this is before Murphy joined the beat, so we're going to more or less exclude him from this portion of the conversation. But you can talk if you want. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, I'll just sit here and listen. <laughs> but I'm going to pivot all the way back to the IU football spring game when it was still myself, Jake Tomer, and the Huss Network on the beat. And you were looking at two guys, Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penix Jr., who at the time were the you know front runners for the job. Graduate transfer Brandon Dawkins from Arizona had just arrived on campus, hadn't really been practicing or been around the team for super long. And you saw flashes of what both Ramsey and Penix could do in that spring game. You know, obviously both mobile quarterbacks, both guys who can distribute the ball out a lot more proficiently in the you know the short to mid range routes. I'm thinking maybe the five to fifteen yard range rather than dropping in. 30, 
45-yard dimes to receivers streaking down the sideline. And also you saw a lot of read option plays because obviously with a mobile quarterback, Coach Mike DeBoer is going to want to make use of his legs. Nick Sheridan's been working with the QBs on that as well. But we were just out of practice the other day watching all three of them now. Dawkins with obviously a couple months of prep to him, along with Penix, who you know still, I guess people sometimes may forget, was an early enrollee as a freshman coming in for the spring semester. He's a lot further along than most people, you know, kind yeah. of thought at this point. And, of course, Ramsey, the guy who started, you know, almost half the games last year in alternation with uh, Richard Lego. Right. And, you know, to be honest, I was pretty impressed with Penix the few no, times same, I yeah. was out there. Um, you know, like you said, they're all kind of mobile and they can do certain things with their legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, right now I would tell you just based off the few, you know, the few snaps that I've seen them, all three of them play this offseason – I would tell you Dawkins has been maybe the most impressive out of all of them, mm-hmm. but Penix is right behind him. I mean, I really do think that. I think he's been very impressive, very surprising just how far along he is skill-wise. Um, and then, you know, Ramsey's kind of just the the guy coming back. You kind of know what he brings to the table. Um, so maybe he's just not as flashy as the other guys. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know what to expect out of this competition still because they have not given away – any hints as to who's leading the way in that competition? I haven't given away any hints. Two hints to like it's not even right. Like, yeah, who's they, clues? Like they won't. You don't know. They won't even release like when they'll announce right. who's the starter because I don't think they know. I yeah. mean, I think they're just sitting there. You know, we gotta give each of these guys a chance, right. and I think that's a good idea. I really do. Um, if I had to put money on somebody though, I'd probably put it on Dawkins. I mean, that's that just, the, I, the IDSI football podcast does not advocate for gambling <laughs> and collegiate sports. <laughs> I mean, it's legal now, so. <sighs> Okay, you're paying the fine then. Okay, fair enough. But Brandon Dawkins for you? I feel like Brandon Dawkins is the front runner right now. But I think once, you know, the offseason's over, once fall camp's over, I think we'll realize, hey, Dawkins is the most talented one out of this group, mm-hmm. and I think he's your best chance at winning some big games because I think he's a guy that if he can figure out the offense fast enough, which I think he can, uh, he seems like a really smart guy. Um and he's just he's just talented enough that he could break off some big plays and yeah. actually have some huge games for this team, which I think he could be a really exciting option for them there. Yeah, I think of any of those three guys, the highest ceiling is by far with Dawkins because this season, this season, because well, I mean, you know overall Penix I think has the highest ceiling. Right, yeah, like but, by the time he's a junior or senior. But IU football is also not in the position to say, oh, we'll take a three-loss season, excuse me, a three-win season right. to try and improve for the final three years because, like, they could maybe even get a three-win season this year trying their hardest. Right. So IU football is in no position to just kind of, you know, plan for the future, really, because the present is here right now for them. I think Ramsey's – the fact that he played last year and showed what he could do almost hurts him. Because it's like you know what he can do. Right. And this may just be me because, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people with real appreciation for Peyton Ramsey. You know, solid football player, had some really good moments last year. But I just think his lack of explosive ability because he's not going to really break off a run for 50, 60 yards on a, you know, on a dime. He's also not going to drop in a pass for 50, 60 yards right. on a dime. So I think that lack of big play potential with him really hurts his chance right. to become the starter. Yeah, we had this conversation the other day, you and I did. Just about how he is kind of limited. Yeah. Right? Ramsey is a little limited at that quarterback position where, you know, he is really accurate. You look at his numbers, his numbers look really good. He was like the most, I think, the most accurate passer in the Big Ten last yeah, year on like a like certain that. type of crossing route right. and a certain mid range thing, right. which is good. But when at you have same, third and right. 15, and yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, that's just, just not going to get the to job. What he done. Can do. Right. You, he just, you don't, I don't think they can have confidence in him 
making a big time throw there where you have to go long. You have to have a big right. yardage play. I just don't think he's the guy. And I think Dawkins could be that guy. And eventually Penix, I think, could definitely be that guy. Yeah, no, I think that's I mean, for me the thing that makes the most sense in terms of how you want to strategize this out is Dawkins is a graduate transfer, has the power five conference experience, has, you know, the explosive ability with his legs, has some real wheels to run on, has a pretty above average arm. He can really zip the ball in there as well. Yeah. He's your starter Ramsey, go ahead and put him as the backup because you saw what he could do last year in you know kind of limited moments. Maybe even create a package or two for him just because of the way that he runs the read option kind of well and can pitch the ball out and is a right. bit smaller than Dawkins. And then ideally you have Penix at the QB three spot, and especially with the new rule this year, the new redshirt rule where you can play up to four games as a freshman and still take a redshirt year. You leave him there and you try your very hardest not to burn that redshirt. Like right. un- like unless was it 2015 where IU football had like the calamity of QB injuries. And like Xander started at Penn State. Yes, that was I think that was the one. Twenty fifteen. Well, and then Cameron had to play some. Right. Danny Cameron. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but whatever year that was, that's the only. <laughs> I'm terrible with years, <laughs> but yeah. But whatever year that was, unless that happens, you don't burn Penix's red shirt because if he's so far along now, then think about it: two, three, four years time, he's definitely the quarterback of the future for IU, and that's kind of unfortunate for Peyton Ramsey being only a year above. He's just the odd man out there. Yeah. And I I don't know if he is you know like you said he's a very good he's a very solid college quarterback yeah. but is he a starting caliber college quarterback is he a guy that can get you to a bowl game maybe each on pa- year? maybe on past IU's teams but if I use if I use taking this next step I think you have to do it across all the board at all positions right, right? and quarterback's going to be one of them and maybe we'll see you know a quarterback position by committee it's just another one of those God that would <laughs> you know and maybe yeah. I you know you, I you, you never maybe. know. You know, it could be one of those positions. Now, I think, is that a good idea? Absolutely not. Um, I think you need some consistency there. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I th- right now I would just tell you it would be smart, I think, to start Dawkins. I just yeah. think he's experienced enough. He's a guy that, you know, he had some really good numbers at Arizona before he got forced out of that starting position yeah, by a Heisman candidate in Khalil Tate. Right, yeah. He, he, it's not like he necessarily lost the job at Arizona as much as he just got beat out for it. I mean, those right. are two. I mean, they may seem synonymous, but those are two different things. Khalil Tate's just a special talent. Right. I mean, I know it's a UTEP, but uh, Dawkins had six touchdowns against Texas El Paso right. only a year or two ago. Right. So... Interesting to see how the quarterback situation shakes out. Like we mentioned, there's no set timetable for when a starter is going to be named. They could name it, you know, Saturday afternoon before FIU. Maybe. Probably. We know they could name it. I don't it. think they'll do that, but yeah. They can name it the Monday of FIU week. They could name it later today at media. Probably not, but <laughs> there's just no timetable. We don't right. know. So, like, we almost know as much as you right now, you know, aside from our observations. But something that's also going to play a key role in determining who IU's quarterback is going to be is what IU's running game looks like. Last year, the Hoosiers were really bad at running the ball, and in particular, really bad at running it when it came to times that they had to run the ball, which is why you had Richard Lego throwing like 65 times in that season and then lost to Purdue. And so this year, we have you know kind of the same cast of characters back. We have a healthy, hopefully healthy, for obvious purposes, Mike Majette, Morgan Ellison, who owns land on Mars now that we recently that is, learned. That is correct. The, the intergalactic. Morgan Ellison owns two acres of land on Mars. And back on Go this, read the story at IDS. IDSnews.com, learn about how much it is to buy land on Mars, I suppose. Actually, it, it's not. It it's doesn't very cheap. say how much it is, but yes, it's, it's cheap. It's very cheap. So good good, good investment? Sure, I guess. I don't know. It's, he said he's building generational wealth, so maybe, you know, people are laughing now, but maybe he'll be the one laughing one day. I don't know. Well, anyway, so he's back. <laughs> he's going to be a running back again this year. we got Ronnie Walker, the four-star uh, recruit out of Hopewell, Virginia. He's in the mix as well. You have, you know— 
uh, Cole Guest, Ricky Brookins. So it's really the same core of Ivy running backs back with another year of experience. But also uh, Mike DeBoard and Coach Mike Hart said they want, you know, kind of a running back, not by committee, but they want a staple of guys they can use. They don't want it to just be the Morgan Ellison show right. or just be the Ronnie Walker show. They're going to need three or four guys to be able to, to carry the load at that position. Yeah, and I think that's smart. You have to do that in the Big Ten. You have to have guys that you can keep rolling out there. Because, for one, guys are going to get tired. Um, and, two, each of these guys have different skill sets. You know, each one of them have things they do better than the other. And even Ellison said that, you know, at IU Football Media Day. I was talking to him, and he said that exact thing. He said some of these guys do, you know, some of these guys catch the ball better. Some of these guys run the ball better. You know, we each have our different skill sets. And I, he even said, you know, the Big Ten, you just have to do that. And I think – Ellison is your top option. I think he's the most explosive. I think he's the most well-rounded out of that group. Um, but I think you've got some guys that could give them some good snaps. I think Cole Guest is getting a lot better. I think he's looking impressive this offseason. Yeah. Uh, Majek is going to be healthy, hopefully. Um, so they'll get to see more out of him. And then Ronnie Walker's kind of an unknown right now. We he haven't seen too much from him at all, but he came in with a lot of conversation around right him. and maybe we don't see him that much early in the season but by the end of the season I think we will I think he'll be getting a lot more snaps of course he could you know they could redshirt him I don't know I mean right. you know they could do I whatever mean, he, he but could still see a lot of snaps and get a redshirt as right well. exactly that's how that new rule kind of comes into play um, but I think he's a guy that maybe sees some more time by the end of the year um, but yeah they got a ton of options and right. I think that's I think that's good and I think there's I think they've all just gotten a little bit better. They've all got a year of experience under their belt. And I think young guys like Ellison and Guest, that's huge. Yeah. No, and the way they're going to run it this year, last year's offense was obviously Richard Lego, not incredibly mobile. It was almost primarily out of the shotgun, very little, you know, actually under center stuff unless they were in like a goal line package or something like that. This year's probably going to be a little bit more of the same, but obviously the dynamic changes with having whoever be the starting quarterback, be a mobile guy. So you see a lot more of like what you saw when Ramsey was a QB last year where you have option plays and you have, you know, kind of handoffs and movement where, you know, kind of jet sweeps out of the shotgun formation and plays like that. But also something Ivy's been looking, they've been very secretive about this as well, but they're also looking to get Reese Taylor involved in the offense. Right. The all-everything quarterback out of Ben Davis who's been converted to a defensive back on the IU roster, but also they're messing around with him in the backfield at wide receiver. Maybe we'll see some kind of some wildcat plays. We could see Reese Walker or Reese Taylor anywhere. Yeah, could see Reese Walker anywhere too. If we could, a I guess. Out there named Reese Walker. <laughs> Hello, sir. Reese Walker, Ronnie Walker, Ronnie Taylor. Who cares? <laughs> Start making names out yeah. of everyone. <laughs> now, Reese Taylor is an interesting one because I mean he's so undersized, but he's also so dynamic, at least he was at the high school level, uh, you would kind of be crazy not to, you know, just try and find a way to make use of him right. or get him a touch of the football. Right, and, you know, they're going to need him at the defensive back position, though, because, you know, the depth's just not there. They just need bodies there. Right, and I think he's term. one of the most talented players in that group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to see him mostly there, but don't be surprised at all if we see him anywhere on the field. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's so many moving pieces to this IU roster, the depth chart, specifically on offense, because we've only really, you know, talked in depth about the quarterbacks and the running backs, but tight end battles are still a position. There's no clue who's in the t who's leading the way of tight end right. battle right now. We don't know who the number one wide receiver is going to be. You'd assume it'd be a guy like Nick Westbrook coming back right. from injury if his, you know, complete rehabilitation from that comes up well. Wap Fillier back for a second year after his decent freshman campaign. Luke Timian, a senior. Uh, you even have, uh, you know, the freshman Jacoby Hewitt, Miles Marshall coming in, kind of tall, lanky guys who can make plays maybe on jump balls in the end zone. Um, 
you know, Jason Harris coming back after remarkably a third ACL tear, right. and he's back for his redshirt senior season. But there's no – aside from the offensive line, IU's offense could go in so many different ways. Yeah. We could have a starting lineup where Michael Penix Jr. is the quarterback, Ronnie Walker is the tailback, uh, TJ Ivey is the tight end, and you're looking at a guy like Miles Marshall getting some decent snaps at wide receiver. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's all question marks at this point. Now, yeah. I think the offensive line – Bringing all those guys back from last season, I think that's huge, especially in the running game. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean Tom Allen has said how many times he wants the running game to be so much more than it was last year, and the offensive line is the number one reason why, mm -hmm. because they're going to be able to do that. They're going to have these experienced guys now with a group that struggled yeah. a lot last year, probably one of the team's weakest parts. Yeah, I mean you would have to say. And, and they've he, just got a lot of guys back, and I think that's huge. And they add a graduate transfer, Nick, Nick Linder, Linder, at center, yeah. who's probably going to be the starter at right. center. Um, that's huge because that's even another experienced guy who brings some leadership. I know uh, Coach Hiller, the offensive line coach, yeah. at media day was really gushing over Nick Linder. You know, mm -hmm. he's, He said he's a guy that's kind of come in and just fit right in right away. He's like he's been here all four years. And he said he's just been a really nice presence in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And that's a really – he said it's a really close-knit group of guys. So it's really impressive to see a guy like Nick Linder come in and just kind of fit in right away. So they've got a really nice group there. I think maybe the only position that maybe is up in the air, maybe right guard, uh, Simon Stefaniak is probably the starter right now. He was last year. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Nora might be the guy. You know, he might he, give he him a little. He was forced into playing a decent amount last year. Right, too. he might give him and a little okay competition. But other than that, they've got a pretty solid group there. Right. And you know, kind of just hitting on the defense real quick. We've focused on the secondary, focused on the giant gaping hole. Can't stress enough how big that hole is at linebacker right now. Yeah. It's literally like a black void. It's like in Mario Kart when you're in Rainbow Road and you just fall off into the abyss. That's the IU linebacking situation right now. Wow. I don't, I don't play video games. You so. never played Mario Kart? Where Rainbow Road was like... Maybe twice. Maybe twice I've played that game. God, this I had a weird childhood. Like half my references for this podcast for the season are just going out the door now. Yeah, because I don't... I don't know. Atlases, Mario Kart, yeah. So All I, going I over my head. childhood is what I'm being, yeah, being right, told. Sure. Anyway, God, I can't believe you never played that. Anyway, so the defense, linebackers is going to be a problem. Yeah. Secondary, maybe going to be a problem. Defensive line? What are you seeing there? Uh, they've got a lot of guys back. I mean, that they've that's got, good. That's great. And they've got some guys. They've got a lot of depth there, which is huge. Um, I would tell you, I mean, some of the guys that are kind of locks, Jacob Robinson's probably a mm, lock, a yeah. defensive tackle. The ends are kind of up in the air, but I think we'll just see – a ton of different guys there. You're going to see Alan Stallings a lot. You're going to see Niall Sykes a lot. Niall Sykes, who was injured for all of last year, so right. this is his big, Brand, big you got guys back. like Brandon Wilson, Michael Ziemba. You've got all these guys who are going to get snaps, and this is just another another position that's going to be kind of by committee. You're going to have all kinds of different guys. Defensive tackle the same way. You got Robinson, who's kind of the lock, but you got Michael Bar, you got Mike Barwick, um, you've got Jerome Johnson, you've got all Caton Samuels is a graduate transfer from or not yeah is he a, Syracuse is he a graduate transfer I don't think he's a graduate transfer but he's, he's from, just he's a, a transfer senior from Syracuse Jamaris Bowen you got all these guys so I, you just got a bunch of different options there which is good 
um, but it does leave it kind of up in the air. Right. Which you could literally, we've said that about just about every position now. Yeah. And line and linebackers the same way, and the cornerback and the backfield's the same. Your back, you know, cornerback safety are the same yeah. way. You're going to be banking on guys in that secondary, Marcelino Ball and Ashawn Riggins, who really struggled with injuries last year, to stay healthy and this Jonathan year. Crawford. Jonathan Crawford. Crawford may be the the key link in that secondary future because he's one of the few guys there with the experience to you know, really become a leader both in the locker room and on the field. You know, the secondary is an interesting interesting group because they've got three guys who are very, very good talents there. Yeah. Ball, Riggins, and Crawford mm-hmm. are all really good, top notch defenders, even in the Big Ten. But then after that the drop off. I, I just don't know, you know, where they go from there. I know you have Andre Brown back, which is you know, he he's probably gonna be their number two cornerback. You've got some young guys like Reese Taylor and yeah. uh, Jalen Williams is another guy, a freshman that could get some minutes. Um, you know, you've got Khalil Bryant at safety who could, who's going to get some. You're getting Brian Fitzgerald back after the whole Brian academic thing from last yeah. year. I mean, he's a guy that's going to see some time at Husky probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've just got a lot of different guys there. But the secondary it has got a really good foundation with those three guys. Mm-hmm. And I, actually, they're kind of the foundation of the entire defense at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it, 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 I guess you – I mean, it doesn't really matter if you build out of the front or build out of the back of the defense. But some of the problems that IU's had, even in Tom Allen's tenure here, is just the lack of ability to get, you know, enough pressure on the quarterback to where you're not leaving your secondary out to dry for long periods. Right. So if they can kind of – they've gotten some increased pressure in the past couple of years compared to, like, the pre-Tom Allen defenses. Right. So if you can continue to kind of get those numbers slowly up and not have to have your secondary be covering for 8 to 10 seconds per play – then you're probably going to be in a decent position, right? And you know that you know it's just going to—they're going to help the rest of the defense. They're going to yeah. have some consistency back there, um, and then you you bring up maybe the linebacker position, which right now has no consistency, I guess. Right. So I mean, it's just the defense has so many different questions that you really can't pinpoint. You know who's going to be where yet? I guess you could say. I think you could kind of make some predictions as to who's going to get some snaps, mm-hmm. but. I mean, we're still kind of up in the air. Yeah, that may be a big fear for IU football fans is we've almost flipped the script now to where from the defense being the strength and the offense being the liability uh, in Tom Allen's first couple of years to now, it may in- end up being the reverse this year just depending on how that defense plays. And something that could also be a potential liability or potential strength again this year is the special teams. Yeah. Punting should be fine. Hayden Whitehead's a very good punter. He's good. Yeah. He, he's Australian too. He is Australian. Not a kangaroo. No, he, he's, he's not the size of one though he's tall yeah he is and he's a good punter he really is he, he really impressed me last year yeah um being a left-footed punter probably helps just a tad too because that's just a little bit more of a rarity as well right but he's also got that kind of rugby style rollout kick that a lot you I mean you see, you've seen that with lsu for years now in the, yeah. the sec and you know another place special teams that should be okay is punt returning Assuming Jason Harris can see, because when Jason Harris was returning punts last year, took two to the house. Yeah, very consistent. Had a couple big returns against Virginia as well. But when he got hurt, that kind of dropped off as well. Kick return was absolutely a joke for out last year, though. I have no clue who they're gonna put there either. When their longest return was like twenty-eight yards. Right. Awful. But also, we have a new rule in college football this year where you can fair catch it. And it just counts the same as a touchback. You know, you get the ball at the 25 for a touchback. You fair catch a kickoff. You get the right. ball at the 25. And if IU had done that last year, that probably would have been like 80% of their best kickoff returns probably. of the year. Probably, yeah, for real. But, I mean, because you have Devontae Williams back there. He transferred to Southeastern Louisiana. So, I mean, whoever they put back there, maybe 
you get a couple explosive plays out of it, but also at the same time, you don't want to have you don't want to have it happen like it happened with Nick Westbrook last year, not in kick return, but just having a key part of your offense or a key backup wide receiver or running back getting hurt and being lost for the year in that capacity. Right. And then you get to kicking, where no one's attempted a collegiate football game field goal. <laughs> you have Jared Smoller transfer from Rutgers who kicked like four kickoffs for Rutgers against like Howard like a year ago and then sat out last year. And they have Charles Campbell, the All-American high school product out of Memphis, who should probably come in and get the job. He's probably going to get the job. Also, when you have a young guy at kicker, you never really know. And if he goes into a fun- if he does get the job and goes into a funk somewhere, I mean, then you probably see some time from Small or Justice or Small Logan Justice. Yeah, Jared Small Logan or Justice like had some that. good kicks in the spring game. Right. So that yeah, was you never you never know who could see time there. I think Campbell should be the front runner right now, mm-hmm. but your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I mean, it, but if if kicker works out, whoever it is there, then special teams should be another strength for you this year, assuming right. they can get their their kick return game right and above maybe, from like the right. zero percent positives it had right. last year. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of, you know, a little position, not position by position, but I guess unit by unit breakdown. We've kind of touched all three. Now, in my quest to make Murphy play games, we're going to launch. Great. You're ecstatic, aren't you? Man, it's, I got up about 7.30 this morning. It's an electric so factory in here today. I get, throw whatever you can at me. Cool. All right. So we're going to play a game called Fourth and One. Okay. The idea is four questions and you have one minute to answer. Okay. Four and questions in one minute total. Right. So I'm going to ask you. So that's I, all four questions and responses have to fit into the one minute how, that I'm a lot. How many seconds for it. is that per per question? Can you do Let's that see, math? Can you do sixty divided by four? Uh, I know math's not your strong suit. Fifteen. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Someone I almost got, said twenty-five. Someone got into college, barely. You take finite? No. Basic uh, intro to finite. Oh <laughs> I, I was stuck in calculus, but that was just a repeat of my I game. The system. It's fine. Anyway, oh, we you. You're smart. We don't have to go into math. Calculus is below finite. Do you not understand how math works? No, I don't. I mean, that's, I guess, the point of this. All right, so one minute, 60 seconds, four questions. They're going to start the timer after I ask the first question. Okay. Ready? Yep. Most impressive part of the IU Southeast or South End Zone construction complex. What do you like the most about it? Uh, probably the rehab and treatment center. That was amazing. It's top of the line stuff. Probably some of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. All right. What is going to be IU's best chance at an upset win in conference play this year? I would tell you Iowa at home on October thirteenth. I don't know if they can beat somebody like Penn State or Michigan State. I think they can, but obviously Iowa would be the the good choice there, I guess, because I was a good team. Who is IU's starting quarterback going to be for the Florida International game? Uh, I already said it, but I'll say Brandon Dawkins. I think he's probably he's the most experienced out of anybody on their roster, um, and I think he is just the most talented. And I think he'll he'll be a good option there. Will he be the starter for the whole season? Y- yes, I think he will. I I think I don't think we'll see much of Penix. I really don't. Um, and if Dawkins wins the job first game of the year, then I think he is for the rest of the year. Look at that, fifty six point nine seconds. Look at that. Look at that. That was fifty six point. I had four. I had three point one seconds left. That was, you could you could elaborate on anything with the three point one seconds. Maybe the south end zone because that was wild. Look I think it. I would have went longer in the south end zone. Let's close with that now. Then yeah. so we've you know kind of talked about the on field stuff. We don't want to get too much into the X's and O's because it's still August eighth and. 
honestly, what would be the point of doing an FIU kind of season preview right, right now when there's so many unknowns about not only the IU team but also the FIU team? I don't team. know anything about Florida International. Butch, Butch Davis is the coach. It's in Boca Raton. We're going to drive there maybe. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Sixteen and a half hours each way. You're going to drive through all of Georgia? Yikes. Be a Waffle House or two? Maybe. It's exciting. No, we're, we're not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's not focus too much on the specifics of like the X's and O's of that game or really the season because so many things are in flux right now. So you, the Herald Times, Indy Star, all got kind of a tour of the South End Zone yeah. complex a couple weeks ago, just taking a look at how that facility come along. It's almost done. We'll be done for that home opener against Virginia. What was it like? Just kind of talk us through it. Well, to be honest with you, when I was walking through it, Fred Glass gave the the tour, I guess, the behind-the-scenes tour, and it was still under construction at the time, and it still is, um, but they're getting close to being done. I know they've actually finished up some of the aspects of it. But as I'm walking through there with one of our photographers, Matt Begala, I almost fell out of place. I almost felt like it was too nice for me to be in there just because that's how impressive it was. Um, they have just – Three, basically three floors of stuff that are some of it's just for the players and for other teams and stuff like that. And some of it's for fans and fans are going to really enjoy it, I think, uh, the new parts of that. But inside that end zone complex, there's going to be, um, like I said, a rehab and treatment center. It's got all these uh, high scale, top of the line, um, you know, hydrotherapy yeah, we're equipment kind of like pools with the jets that like relax yeah, your muscles underwater treadmills and stuff like that um it's and it's a huge it's a huge area mm-hmm. i mean it's it's absolutely huge and let's just to, to clarify real quick this isn't just for the football team this is for everybody this is for everybody this is for all the athletes. I mean, as, as much as jay sean harris can go use it for the IA football team um uh, name me a women's t- jaylen penn can come use right. it for the women's basketball absolutely. team or uh I don't know. Right. Any sport. Yeah. That's fine. You don't have to Sorry. name every sport. Trey Muse can use it for men's soccer. There you go. Um, but at the same time, they're on the next floor above it, there's the Tobias Nutrition Center where they're going to really focus on, you know, just you nutri- yeah, nutrition, you know, better nutrition habits for their athletes. And, and that ties in a bit to Coach David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray right. who have come in this offseason for IU, implemented new speed, weightlifting programs, gotten the team bigger and faster. Right. But also, you know, like – I mean, I've read this in, like, a book somewhere one time. Like, 75% of, like, getting in better shape is, like, actually what you eat. Right. And so, yeah, and it's they've got a brand-new cafeteria. Everything's basically doubled in size from yeah. what they've had previously. And it's super nice. Each floor has – or each of those, you know, the rehab and treatment center and the nutrition center both have wall-to-wall, ceiling-to-ceiling, ceiling-to-floor windows um, that look over the field. It's a super nice mm-hmm. view. Um, it's just really nice. And then – the bottom floor has also got some uh, – what, what do they call it? I think it's a life skills center or something oh, like, like that. like a career services center. Yeah, career services. They're going to have uh, interview training, uh, resume building stuff. They're going to be able to film the athletes that, you know, when they're doing a mock interview sort of mm-hmm. thing. They're going to film them and go over it with them. Um, and that's free that, – and that's a resource for both current athletes and former mm-hmm. IU athletes, okay. which is – and I know Fred Glass was a big part of kind of bringing that in. I think even one section of it is kind of named after him. I think it's like the Glass Family Center or something like that. Um, And then for the fans, I do know there's going to be kind of a – what's the word I'm looking for? Not a balcony, but 
terrace. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a terrace. The that sample was act- terrace. You actually, you couldn't remember the word terrace. No, I couldn't remember the word terrace. Fun but fact: in high school humanities class, I had to learn about terraced farming. Uh, terraced farming, which is what the Aztecs, I believe, used in ancient Mexico because they didn't have enough wide land, and a lot of the land was water too. Uh, I think in like an area like Tenochtitlan or something. So they had to terrace farming, which is like building a farm on top of like stair steps almost. It was wild. Cool. Anyway, so the terrace is open for fans. Right, terrace is open for fans. It has it looks over the field as a brand new uh, scoreboard, um, and it's got yeah, I know huge jumbotron. Yeah, video huge board. jumbotron. Um, it's got Not Whole Park for kids is going to be in We're that. Bringing Not Whole Park back. If they're bringing it back. It's going to be in that area. It's not going to be a football field like it used to be, but they're going to have some activities for them there. Um, so that's going to be part of it. And then um, when you come into the to the new part of it, the new mm-hmm. south end zone. They're gonna have like a little commons area out there, which Glass was really excited yeah, there's about. Yeah, like there's like a little pavilion basically yeah. on the side that's facing. Oh gosh, what street is that? Uh, oh man. goodness, Seth. No, I don't know. I don't want to mess that up. I'm not gonna mess that up. I don't know. I don't know these streets well enough. But uh, I the, know. The I know Woodlawn is. I know Woodlawn is coming towards it. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, um, it, Glass even said he wants that to kind of be. Like another version of the sample gates, like the sample gates for the IU athletics it, it, like complex a, area. Right. Yeah. For that area, he wants it to be kind of a gathering place for people to come, even just hang out when there's not games or when there are games. You know, yeah. that's where he wants a bunch of people to be, right. um, a photo opportunity sort of thing. You know, like sample Have some gates for the show all right. stuff like that. It's it's gonna be. I think people are gonna be blown away by it. I yeah. really do. And I'm not. And I'm not trying to hype it up because I don't. You know, I'm not trying to sell it for IU or anything. But like, I think. People are going to be very impressed because I was. I, I yeah. actually couldn't believe how nice it was. Right. So enjoyed the tour. You think it'll be a, a good addition? I mean, obviously, I think it will, it's yeah. something that'll help with you know recruiting, recruiting and, and you know just just player the way de- the stadium looks. Athlete frankly, development too. in general, yeah. you know. I mean, we've talked a lot about this offseason about Baloo and Ray coming in, but also just the overall improvement of IU's facilities to actually be at the caliber of most Big Ten schools, right? And have the have the requisite materials to not only get those high-level recruits, but also to keep them at IU to spread the word and, I mean, to keep them healthy, frankly, with the treatment and rehab facility center as well. So that opens up September 8th for that home game against Virginia. It should be fully operational. If nothing else, it's not going to be a dirt pit anymore, which would be a little bit more aesthetically, visually pleasing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And this kind of completes – I know Fred Glass kind of – set this out as one of his goals when he became AD was just to actually have the stadium enclosed because obviously, you know, Memorial right. Stadium of years past was just the two bleachers on opposite sides. Right. Then you had the uh, the north end zone closed up, and now this will just kind of complete the, the bowl shape to yep. it, per se, and it'll look a lot better on on television and... Even in person. In person as well. We'll be lucky enough to be there in person. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully we make it there. We, we make we it till September 8th. Yeah, hopefully we make it there. It's a month from the day. It's been a long summer. I don't know if we're going to make it. No one cares. Okay. I think people care. No, no one I, cares. I don't know. So you survived your first podcast, Murphy? Yeah, we didn't. We had a few speed bumps along the way. You talking about Aztecs and stuff. Forget, but the Atlas was a, was the biggest one, I think. The no, the Aztecs was because that came <laughs> out of thin air. Came out of my high school humanities class. But it's not the same type of terracing. Ter- there could be some terraced farming at the stadium. We don't know. What if they want to be sustainable and grow some herbs? I'm done. Cilantro, maybe? I'm, I'm dropping out. Huge fan of parsley? I'm dropping out of this <laughs> podcast, this beat. I'm done. So you lasted a summer. Actually, I'm the editor. You're fired. Okay, I've been fired, so 
on that note, thank you for joining us for the first <laughs> edition of the IDS IU Football Podcast for the 2018 season. Murphy, where should they follow us for our work? Um, you Mr. Can, Editor. Our personal accounts? How about you just yell at all the Twitter accounts they should follow for IU Football Well, you news. should follow IDS Sports. Um, at IDS Sports. Underscore Sports. Underscore Sports. I don't God. even know the own Twitter account. Um, and you can follow myself at uh, Murph underscore Wheeler IU, uh, capital IU. And uh, where can they follow you at, Cam? You can follow me at at C, and then my last name, Drummond, D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D-9-7, uh, on Twitter. You can also follow at IDS News on Twitter. Uh, Sean Mintert, Sean Mintert, S-E-A-N-M-I-N-T-E-R-T-20 on Twitter as well. He'll have IU Football News I'm, for everyone. I'm impressed that you remembered that. That's maybe the right. I hope that's the right. <laughs> it account. might if be not, right. If not, then Who another knows? Sean Minter just got a ton of followers. <laughs> yeah, a ton like of followers. One. Okay. Maybe. But um, uh, making it hard to sell this. But it's been great having you guys back. Thanks for returning for another year of the IDSIU Football Podcast. We will be talking with you guys in maybe a week or so time as well, getting you more set for that Florida International game because if we drive down there, God, we're going to make it worth it with more content. So thanks for joining us. We will catch you next time. Thanks so much.